For I am crucified with Christ And yet I live Embrace the cross Where Jesus Welcome to Crossbound Ministries where we are bringing the gospel of Jesus Christ to the world, encouraging Christians and pointing sinners to the cross. Will you please pray about supporting our broadcast and ministry that gives us the ability to spread God's word. You can get involved by going to crossboundministry.com. Please welcome our preacher, Mike Sadler, as he brings us an important message from God's word. Embrace the love Open your Bibles with me to 2 Kings chapter 2 and verse number 2. 2 Kings chapter 2 and verse number 2 is we're going to do the second part of Elisha. Elisha had three things that we can look at that we can apply to our lives today. And those three things are he was faithful, he was fervent, and he was fearless. I'll say that again. Elisha who asked for a double portion of what Elijah the prophet had. He had three things. He had faithfulness, he had fervency, and he had fearlessness when it came to serving the Lord. And we can apply those three things to our lives today. That word fervent, that's how much intensity you actually put into something, how hard you press on it, how dedicated you are to it, how much you work at it. Amen. And Elisha, had so much intensity that it, in Second Kings chapter 13, verse 21, it tells you that they threw a dead man in the tomb in the cave where he was at. And that dead man came back to life when he fell upon Elijah's bones. That's how much the power of God rested upon Elijah. As he asked for a double portion of what Elijah had. Now think about that. He asked for a double portion of what Elijah had. And here are some of the miracles. Elijah did eight of miracles, and it's an amazing thing that Elisha did 16 of miracles, did double the amount. But this is what he asked for a double portion of. Elijah shut up the heavens and caused a drought. He multiplied the flour and oil for the widow. He raised the widow's son from the dead. He defeated the prophets of Baal. Amen. That's a big story in the Bible. He brought down, he brought rain to an end in the drought. He, Twice he destroyed 51 soldiers with fire, and he parted the waters of the Jordan River. And here's another interesting fact. The very last miracle that Elijah did was Elisha's very first miracle. If you read it in 2 Kings chapter 2, verse 14, uh, Elisha parted the waters of the Jordan River, and that was the very last miracle that Elijah did. Maybe he was testing God at that time and just saying, let's see, if the, let's see if the power of God is really upon me. And I challenge you to test God upon your life. Say, God, I, I want to do something for you. Will you help me? Um, let me tell you a short story about a, a famous singer, a famous tenor, Luciani Pavarotti. Uh, he's well known in the musical world. But when he was coming up, he wasn't sure as he had talked to his father what he was going to be. He was in, also enrolled in a teacher's college, but he also wanted to be a singer. He said, asked his dad, should I be a 
teacher or should I be a singer? And this was his father's reply. If you try to sit on two chairs, you'll fall in between them. For life, you must choose one chair. And he did. He chose one chair. Now, the first seven years, he was very frustrated before he even got his first professional performance. And then it was another seven years before he sang at the Metropolitan Opera. And at the end of his life, he said that what his father said. Whether it's laying bricks, writing a book, I choose to sit on one chair. Amen. That's the same with us. We've got to commit ourselves to the Lord. There's so many distractions in this life. But you have got to choose. You've got to commit. You've got to trust in God's word and serving him. First Kings chapter 19, verse 20 tells us, And he left and ran after Elijah and said, Let I pray thee kiss my father, my mother, and then I will follow thee. And he said, Go back again for what I have done to thee. It says he ran after Elijah. Now, let me tell you, if you see me running somewhere, you know there's something important going on. Either somebody's uh, chasing me, trying to kill me, or I'm chasing after one of my kids to save them, one or the other. But there's something seriously important going on. And it means something when you run after somebody. Let's run after God the way Elijah ran after Elijah. Amen. He, he ran after him. He was, he was committed uh, so much so that the oxen that he was plowing with, he killed, cooked it, and fed it to the people saying, I won't need this anymore. I'm not coming back. Uh, I'm setting out on a course to follow the Lord, and I'm not returning. And here's the proof. I will not be needing this oxen anymore. He, he killed it, cooked it, and fed it to the people. So it's very interesting, and it means something, that he ran after Elijah. And that act of running, that's a, that's a sign of total commitment, of willingness to God's plan. Just like Peter ran to the empty tomb of Jesus, Joseph ran to his brothers, David ran to meet Goliath, uh, Philip ran to catch the Ethiopian eunuch. It means something when you run after somebody. It would be an exciting thing for God's people to determine to run heartily after God. Will you make that commitment today to run heartily after the Lord? To, to cut up whatever you're working on and say, this means nothing. I'm going after God and I'm running after him and I'm seeking after him. Now, let's look at our text. Eli, uh, 2 Kings chapter 2, verse 2 through 6. And Elijah said unto Elisha, Tarry here, I pray thee, for the Lord hath sent me to Bethel. And Elijah said unto him, As the Lord liveth, and as the soul liveth, I will not leave thee. So they went down to Bethel. And the sons of the prophets that were at Bethel came forth to Elijah and said unto him, Knowest thou that the Lord will take away thy masters from thy head today? And he said, Yea, I know it. Hold your peace. And Elisha said unto him, Elisha, tarry here, I pray thee, for the Lord hath sent me to Jericho. And he said, As the Lord liveth, and as thy soul liveth, I will not leave thee. So they came to Jericho. And the sons of the prophet that were at Jericho came to Elisha and said unto him, Knowest thou that the Lord will take him away from thy master from the head today? And he answered, Yea, I know it. Hold your peace. Verse number six. And Elijah said unto him, Tarry, I pray thee, here, for the Lord hath sent me to Jordan. And he said, As the Lord liveth, and as thy soul liveth, I will not leave thee. Three times, three times, Elijah told Elisha, Just stay here, the Lord hath sent me somewhere. Three times, he said, As the Lord liveth, 
and as thy soul liveth, I will not leave thee. I am committed. Even if you're telling me to leave, I am not leaving. Often, a lot of times, it doesn't take a lot to get us off track, does it? From what we're called to do. But we can use that example in our life today to be like Elijah and our commitment to God. I will not leave thee. Amen. What a powerful statement. What a powerful way to live your life. Even people who are supposed to be spiritual, the sons of the prophets. Listen, the sons of the prophets in those verses tried to persuade Elisha to leave Elijah since the Lord was about to take him. Twice, if you notice. Twice, they said, don't you know that they're about to take him, about to take his head? He's about to be gone. You should leave him. And he said, I know it. I know what's going to happen, but I'm still committed and I'm still staying and I'm still going to stand my peace. He said, hold your peace. Amen. And it is so interesting to me that if you continue to read on in those, I actually drew a line in my Bible from 2 Kings chapter 2, verse 8 over to verse 14. Something serious happened between verse 8 and verse 14. Because if you read verse 14, the very people, the sons of the prophets that were trying to persuade Elisha to leave Elisha, listen now what these same people, these same sons of the prophets said, and he took the mantle of Elijah that fell from him. And smote the waters and said, Where is the Lord God of Elijah? And when he had also smitten the waters, they parted hither and thither, and Elisha went over. And when the sons of the prophets, there it is, and when the sons of the prophets, which were to view at Jericho, saw him, they said, The spirit of Elisha doth rest on Elisha. And they came to meet him and bowed themselves to the ground before him. So just a few verses before that, they were like, you need to leave them. You, you got, don't hang around. You, you need to go. Now, all of a sudden, they're, they're bowing down. And they realize that the power of God that was on Elijah is now upon you. When God calls you to do something, ladies and gentlemen, don't let nothing stop you. It doesn't matter. Notice these were the sons of the prophets. The, these were, if all accounts, they were godly people. But God didn't put that call on their life. God put that call on Elisha's life. Now, I don't, Elisha didn't beat him up. He didn't run him off. He didn't even, I don't even see where he yelled at him. He just continued to serve God and being faithful. And let me tell you, ladies and gentlemen, that's a great way for us to be. Because many people, even Christians, other Christians will look at you and go, what are you doing? Are you crazy? What in the world? But when you know God Almighty has called you to it. God will make a way. God's hand will rest upon you. God's power will be with you. And God's light will guide you. Amen. He will make the way. And the very ones that go, what are you doing? Are you crazy? What in the world? Well, then see that you are really doing God's will as these sons of the prophets saw with Elisha. And now they bowed down to him and said they knew that the power of God that was on Elijah now rests upon him. And they saw that. And ladies and gentlemen, they will see it with you too when you're truly serving the Lord because you're not serving yourself. You're not even doing what you want to do. You're doing what God wants you to do. And if those people, whether they're in church, out of church, wherever they're at, 
when they truly see that, that you are really trying to serve God, if they're really trying to serve God, they'll be on your page. They'll be praying for you. They'll be promoting you. Amen. Because they see that it's just not you. God put that on your life. And you are simply obeying the Lord. As these sons of the prophet saw with Elijah. Amen. When God gives you that call, that call is upon you. The sons of the prophets were not responsible for Elijah. And Elijah was not responsible for the sons of the prophets. The people at church or your friends or your family are not responsible for you. You are responsible for you, and you will stand before God and give an account for the call that he has put upon your life. Amen? They won't be standing there holding your hand going, well, he tried. No, you'll be there. You'll stand before God all on your lonesome and give an account for your life and your decisions. Amen? So let's be sold out to the Lord. Let's run to the Lord like Elisha did with Elijah. Thank God for that. What a good example. What's something we can apply to our life? Run to God. Be faithful. Be fervent. And be fearless in the Lord. Because Elisha was determined. He was determined to stick it out with God's man. I'm going to stay with him. I'm going to learn from him. I'm going to be with him. And they too went on, the Bible says. Amos chapter 3 and verse 3 tells you, Can two walk together except they be agreed? They were in agreement. They knew they were going the same way. And who you hang around matters. What you talk about matters. What you do matters. Proverbs 27, 17 tells us, Iron sharpeneth iron, so a man sharpeneth the countenance of his friends. We rub off on each other so much that we don't even realize the depths of it. We don't realize how deep it really goes. We don't even realize how much other people really affect us. But they do, and you do. According to the Bible, iron sharpeneth iron. You want to be a sharp Christian? Hang around other sharp Christians. Amen? Stay in God's word. Stay prayed up, as they say. In other words, continually asking God for forgiveness and continually asking for his guidance in your life. 1 Samuel chapter 23, verse 16 tells us, And Jonathan's Saul's son arose and went to David into the wood and strengthened his hand in God. Get alone with God. Find you a place. It could be in your back porch. It could be at the park down the road. It could be out on the water. It could be in the woods. Find a place where you can turn everything off. And just you and God. And just listen to the wind blow and the birds sing. And have no distractions. And somewhere where you and God can meet. Because God is that still small voice. See all the things that pull at you. That are they're dinging and pinging and shiny and all this other stuff. That's not God. God is that still small voice. Because he wants you to listen to him. He wants you to hear him. You've got to get alone and purposely seek the face of God. Run after God, in other words. Amen? In other words, God, I'm putting everything else aside because you are the most important thing in my life. I want to hear from you. That's what you're saying. When you get along with God and you turn everything off and you get away from everybody and everything 
You're telling God, God, you're so important to me that I'm turning the rest of the world off and I only want to hear from you. So just as the people in the Bible got along, Jesus got along with God. Amen. Is it important? Absolutely. It's incredibly important. Elisha was fearless and God has not given his people the spirit of fear, but rather of power. And of love and of sound man, uh, sound sound mind. Second Timothy chapter one verse seven says, Elisha made that decision that he would never return to what had been his occupation. And we even make songs about it today, as that songwriter said, "There's no turning back. There's no turning back." And Elisha. When he took that ox that he was plowing with and he killed it and he fed it to the people, that's what he was saying. There's no turning back. There's no turning back. I'm moving forward for the Lord. As I have said before, there's no sitting still with God. You're either moving forward or you're sliding back. And what you think about and who you hang around matters and it determines where you're going. Stop and think about that. What you hang around, who you hang around, the things that you read, the things that influence you, determines where you are going. That's convicting to me, ladies and gentlemen. Elisha knew who he wanted to be around. He wanted to be around Elijah. Three times he told him, I will not leave thee. I am determined. No matter what, I am going to serve God. And he knew that was his calling, to stay with God's man. Elijah. He had decided, he had truly decided, I will follow Jesus. What a great, fearless example. Because the world might see you as weak. Oh, they need church or they need this to prop them up. No, sir, no, ma'am. But I do need the power of God upon my life. And so do you. Amen. Elijah, he understood that principle. He understood that the gifts of God and the calling of God are without repentance, as the Bible says in Romans chapter 11, verse 29. You ever messed up in life? The call of God is still upon you. God ever called you to preach? That call is still on you. God ever called you to be a witness? That call is still on you. Whatever that call is, Romans chapter 11, verse 29 tells you the gifts of God are without repentance. And God has not changed his mind. And therefore... Neither would Elijah. I've made the decision. I'm sticking with it. There's no turning back. And the Bible even said, Jesus said, no man having put his hand to the plow and looking back is fit for the kingdom of God. And Luke chapter 9, verse 62. Well, that's some powerful language, isn't it? Stop and think about that. No man that puts his hand to the plow and looks back is fit for the kingdom of God. That is so convicting, is it not? Have you not had some thoughts in your life? About, boy, they got it better over there. Boy, that's the easier life over there. Boy, that's, and that's what you're doing. You're looking back instead of looking forward and plowing forward for the Lord. I love what that says. No man having put his hand to the plow. It's work, ladies and gentlemen. It's work. You've got to work at it. And it's just like a marriage. And the Bible even uh, puts it that way. Jesus and his bride, Jesus and the church. It's just like a marriage, a good marriage you have to work at. It's hard work, but it can be the greatest thing ever. And it's the same way with God, your relationship with God. You've got to work at it. 
Amen? You sure do. Let me tell you a story about a preacher called Christentum, if I'm saying that right. He was a great preacher of the 4th century A.D. They even labeled the golden mouth preacher. That's what they called him. But he came before an emperor to preach, and this, this emperor was upset with him. He was mad. He was upset, and the emperor called him before him, and he said, I'll kill you, the emperor told him, because of what he was saying. And he said, no, you cannot, because my life is hid within Christ. And the emperor said, I'll take away your treasure. He said, no, you cannot. My treasure's in heaven. Amen to that. The emperor was so fierce at that point, he said, I'll drive you from your friends and your family he said, no, you cannot, for I have a friend in heaven for whom you cannot separate me. He said, I defy you, and there's nothing that you can do to hurt me. Amen to all that. Our treasure is in heaven. It's not here on earth. Where it cannot be stolen, it cannot rust, and it can't run away. Amen. That's where our treasure's at. Peter Cartwright, who was a famous famous Methodist circuit riding preacher went to preach before the great General Andrew Jackson one day and he was warned as Peter Cartwright the preacher said listen Andrew Jackson's going to be in the crowd today so be careful what you say and this preacher got up Mr. Cartwright and said I understand that Andrew Jackson's here and I've been requested to guard my remarks but you listen to me Andrew Jackson if you don't repent of your sins, you will go to hell. Do you know that after the service, General Andrew Jackson came up to Peter Cartwright, the preacher, and said, Sir, if I had a regional man like you, I could whip the world. Why? Because that man, Peter Cartwright, was standing up for what he believed in. He was standing up for the Lord Jesus Christ. He was preaching the gospel, the Bible, the truth. Amen. And the truth shall set you free. Fearless. Elisha was fearless in his decisions. Like Abram, who followed God without knowing where he was going. Or like Ruth, who followed Naomi back to Bethlehem. Or like the disciples, who left their families and their occupation to follow Jesus. Elisha fearlessly left the farm to follow the man of God. I like how Elijah was just this farm boy out there plying. I like how the disciples were people like the tax collector that nobody likes, right? The, those people that even society might kick to the curb or think they're nobodies. Jesus says, I love you. I can use you. I can do great and mighty things through you. Will you listen? Will you follow me today? Will you run after me today? Like Elijah said. Elijah showed great determination especially when he killed that oxen and said, that's like killing his living. That'd be like a man today that makes a living with his pickup truck and says, you know what? You can have it. It's gone. Just take it. I'm moving on. That's a giant, giant decision in life. And that's what salvation is too, ladies and gentlemen. It is a big decision. It's the biggest decision a person will ever make. When you realize that you've sinned against the God of the universe, the God, the maker of heaven and earth, the moon and the stars, the sun and the sea, when you realize that you're a sinner and that you're one day you're going to die and you are, you do need a savior. And what Jesus did on that cross, he didn't just die. The Bible says that he rose again the third day, defeating death, hell, and the grave, and that you can ask him for forgiveness and your name will be written in the Lamb's book of life. Amen. The Bible says, repent and believe 
on the Lord Jesus Christ. Believe what? Believe that he died, he was buried, and he rose again the third day, defeating death, hell, and the grave. Amen. We pray you have been blessed by today's message. If you have been saved or are in need of a prayer, please contact us at 352-247-9200. That's 352-247-9200. Thank you for tuning in to Crossbound Ministries radio broadcast. Will you please pray about supporting our ministry and broadcast? You can go to crossboundministry.com or send your support or a gift to P.O. Box 7, Inverness, Florida, 34451. That's P.O. Box 7, Inverness, Florida, 34451. For a gift of $10 or more, we will send you a booklet. Please pray for us as our ministry and radio broadcast grows. Tune in every Sunday morning at 8 a.m. to hear a message from our preacher, Mike Sadler. You can follow Crossbound Ministry on Facebook, YouTube, and visit us on the web at crossboundministry.com. If you are a pregnant woman in need of help, there is hope. You can reach out to the Citrus Pregnancy Center. There are locations in Inverness and in Crystal River. Their phone number is 352-341-5176. That's 352-341-5176. This broadcast has been sponsored in part by Henley's Grading Incorporated for all your land clearing and hauling needs. Located in Hernando, Florida, 352-897-3507. That's 352-897-3507. This program is sponsored by Crossbound Ministry of Inverness, Florida.